Welcome once again to Glow Broadcasting, where together we'll learn how to live successfully and triumphantly as kingdom absolutes for Christ Jesus on the earth as we sit and learn at his feet. Today we're continuing our series of kicking the poverty mentality, learning how to be free and immune to the financial recession and depression oppressing our world today. In the last episode, we saw the need to partner with God in our thinking and behaviors, being one with him in all we do in order to see his glorious outcomes in our lives. As he is, so are we in this world, the scripture makes us to understand. So we'll have to do things his way, do things according to his word in order to have his results. It's key for us to understand that in his image we have been created. And if we've been created in his image, then in order for us to get things done, we'll have to learn to do things his way. And scripture makes it clear to us. It said we are to follow the wisdom path that the Lord has marked for our feet. And so the psalmist said, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. It's very important for us to come up either to that place where we seek to do things God's way. It's good for us to think his thoughts. It's good for us to speak his words. And it's also most important that we do things. We live as he lives. We move as he moves. He says in the in uh, the New Testament, in him I live, in him I move, in him I have my very being. That is who we are. We are his image. We are created in his likeness. And we are to live as he lives. And so Apostle Peter speaking here in the uh, New Testament in Second Peter 1 verse 2 to 8. He unveils the pattern of this grace for godly character. For godly character to us. Which ensures that the root of poverty is destroyed off our lives. And that our victory is sure. And so over in Second Peter 1 verse 2 to 8, it says, Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord, according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains unto life and godliness. Notice he has given us all things that pertains unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to glory and virtue. And who is this person? His name is Jesus. He's the one who has called us unto glory and virtue by his grace, by his empowerment, by his enabling spirit within us. And verse 4 goes further to say, whereby given unto us an exceeding great and precious promise as given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by this we might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And besides this, given all diligence, we are to add to our faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. Now, it's noteworthy that brotherly kindness there talks about brotherly love, talks about the love of Christ Jesus, and to brotherly love, charity, and to brotherly kindness, charity, and for these things, be if these things be in you and they abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor fruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you do not want to be unfruitful, 
in the knowledge of Christ. Meaning, if you want to be a fruit-bearing tree in the kingdom of God, not being fruitless, not being at the base, both spiritually, economically, and in every area whatsoever, then it's time for us to come up either to begin to develop ourselves in the godly character of Christ Jesus. And you notice this has so much to do with the fruits of the Spirit, because without the Spirit, we can do nothing. And the fruit of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, kindness, patience, uh, temperance, self-control. If there be any law, if there be any precept, then these are the key things that we are to follow after. And we notice here that Second uh, Peter here was revealing this to us. Apostle Peter was revealing this to us in 2 Peter 1 verse 2 to 8 and he was showing us the mysteries of this and it was revealing that we are to be of diligent spirit concerning whatever the Lord gives us to do whatever and remember what the scripture says whatsoever your hand finds to do and I remember sharing with us that whatsoever the Lord whatever we find to do is not just about us going getting involved in any random form of work whatsoever but whatever the lord reveals upon our heart places upon our heart that we should engage in then we should do it diligently because when we diligently engage with whatever the lord has placed upon our heart to do then we're going to get the results that the lord proposes for us to have and so we are to engage with diligence and then with virtue virtue there talks about a godly character of patience, of, of goodness, everything that the Lord reveals in the book of Proverbs about how to deal financially with your business partners, with your friends, with your colleagues, with your family, how to be just, how to be kind. He said he hates unjust balances. And so many times people who are into uh, the business of trading, they're often tempted to want to cut corners, to um, change figures in other to bring about much more profit. All those things brings about poverty at the end of the day because when you cheat another person, according to God, it's not it's not going to amount to much. Rather, you're simply bringing a curse. Such a person is simply bringing a curse upon himself or herself. And that's not the will of God for our lives. And so if we want to break free, and I always say this, for you to enjoy the riches of the kingdom you need to first understand that it is the blessing not your work yes you need to work you need to get involved and get engaged in whatever the lord has placed upon your heart to do and engage with it maximally by his spirit leading and guiding you've been diligent but when you're doing that you're doing it with that disposition of faith in a disposition of faith that God is the one who is blessing you, bringing about the increase. That way it takes the pressure off you to want to sin, to want to cheat someone else, to want to cut corners because you think that it is that work that is bringing in your increase. No, that is false. This has been the deception that has brought the world to where it is today because until we come up either from that place that God is our supplier and no work can substitute for God, no, no, no job can substitute for God, we'll continue to struggle under the weight of poverty, under the weight of lack, and that is not the will of God for our lives. And so it's key for us to note this and to understand this. And we see here, he follows the trail. He says, beside all this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. So you are to begin to grow yourself in that area. What is it God has told you to do? Then begin to study along those lines, begin to come before the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I need wisdom. 
I do not know much. Daniel, who was of an excellent spirit and the number one citizen of Babylon in those days, he said, I, Daniel, understood by books. And it wasn't just carnal books. It was the scrolls from Jerusalem. It was the spiritual books that he poured over, meditating over, and then God began to unveil to him the mysteries, both of his kingdom where he came from Jerusalem and the mysteries of the heavenly kingdom and the mysteries of the kingdom of Babylon where he was now taken captive into. But by the spirit of excellence, he had been delivered from that captivity and was now a free man and not only a free man, a man of leadership, a man who was leading in that kingdom. And I see God taking you out of that bondage of oppression and bringing you to that place of victory in the name of Jesus Christ, where you reign and you rule upon the earth, not being unjust, not being wicked, but Rather, being a servant leader, doing things the way the Lord will have you, representing the kingdom of God in all forms, shades, and, and, and strata, and manifesting his glory upon the earth. And so we see here, it says, add to knowledge temperance, meaning be balanced. I remember uh, the scripture in Matthew eleven twenty eight, where Jesus was saying, come unto me, all you that have labored and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come, take my yoke upon me, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And one of those times I, I, I asked to ask the Lord, what is this yoke? He said, you still, you have a yoke? Wow, that is new to me, Lord. And how is that yoke easier is but in light? And he took me through scripture one step at a time. And I began to understand that his yoke was talking about the yoke of balance because that word yoke in Hebrew refers to the rod that is placed upon the ox two two oxen that draws the cart and now a a, a yoke of balance a rod is placed across their necks in order to keep both in the same range so that one doesn't go before the other or the other one is lagging behind thereby affecting the cart they're drawing in the same vein we are we're core laborers with Christ Jesus and so when we are with him we're bearing his yoke we are co-laborers with it going with him ensuring that the work of the kingdom doesn't fall ensuring just as the Levite had to bear the ark of the Lord in the old, um, in the old Testament, the same way spiritually, we are bearing the work of the Lord on our shoulders with Christ Jesus as co-laborers doing that, which will have us do in order to see the result of the blessing that it wants to be made manifest upon the earth. And so when we begin to do this and to engage with the understanding of his word, then we begin to see the blessing being made manifest beyond our wildest imagination because we are co-laborers with him. We're partnering with him to see kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Did we get that? Praise Jesus. And so we see here, it says, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience. And so, meaning as you are being temperate there, you're having that yoke of balance, not going too much to the left, not to the right, keeping your, your, your feet straight before the master, doing that which he'll have you do, following his lead, following his guide, then you're to be patient, you're to engage patiently. Refuse to be impatient with yourself. Refuse to be impatient with the process. Refuse to be unpatient. Un Permit me to use the word unpatient. <laughs> Refuse to be unpatient with uh, uh, Jesus to say, well, it's not working. Jesus, I quit. I refuse to go any further. I'm going to find a way to make this work for myself. 
He says, his soul does not have pleasure in those who draws back. He reveals that to us in the book of Hebrews, Hebrews 10. So it's very key for us to keep that patience of hope. And that's why I said, be ye followers of those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. Those who through faith and patience obtain the promise. And so through patience, you are to your temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. Something interesting about patience is that it brings out the Jews from the work we're engaged in. As you keep doing that one thing, or those things that the Lord has laid upon your heart to do, and you keep doing it. Now, patience, patience is not about you just waiting. It has a lot more to do with the attitude to, by which you're waiting. Imagine yourself online, someone behind you, several persons in front of you, and then the person behind you is just simply tapping his feet and saying, when is this line going to move? When is this line going to move? Why is it so slow? Why is everything so slow? Why are they not attending to those people in front of there? And at some point, it, it, you hear him shouting, hey, hey, move. What's going on there? The next thing you will find yourself doing will be to turn around and to say to him, Mr. Please be patient. The line is moving. You just need to be patient. It will get to you soon. Notice you're asking him to be patient. He's on the line. He's not seated. The general assumption would have been, well, I guess he's patient. No, he's not. Because his attitude is revealing that he's impatient. He's impatient. He's not patient. And in my words, he's unpatient. <laughs> Praise Jesus. So it's key for us to understand that patience is not only about you waiting, but the attitude with which you're waiting. Are you doing so with virtue? Are you doing so with godly character? The bane of patience is your confidence in the process. Meaning, if the man were to be patient, he will say to himself, well, it's not moving, but I guess those in front are doing their job and it will soon get to my turn. That would be a, person, a patient man right there. But if he distrusts the process and is thinking that someone is cheating, then you'll find him hollering, you'll find him shouting, you'll find him doubting the entire thing. And soon he might be tempted to leave to say, well, those people are just faking it over here. They're not, they're not really attending to us. So it's key for us to add to our patience, to add to our temperance patience and now to patience godliness. So as you're being patient, you're doing that which God will have us do. You're not cheating others. You're not stealing. You're not killing. You're not defrauding. You're not extorting. God hates usury and extortion. He hates it. The book of Ezekiel reveals it clearly and plainly. In the course of this week, hopefully we'll get to that scripture so that we can spend some time there meditating on what God has to say. God hates usury. He hates extortion because it brings people under bondage and he doesn't want us to be an agent of, of, of bondage to others. Rather, he wants us to be agents of change. He wants us to be agents of, of liberty and of blessing unto others as children of the light. And so he said, add to your Add to your patience, godliness, and to godliness, brother, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, char, uh, charity. Talking about the love of God. 
for and yes um brotherly kindness has to do with remember the scripture in the book of psalms where he said if you have it by you to do something today don't tell someone to come back tomorrow that is kindness right there don't don't say to the person come back rather you're prone to show favor a kind person is always prone to show favor a kind person is always merciful a kind person is always loving and so it's key for us to know these things if we want to abound in the prosperity that God has in store for us. Because it takes spiritual prosperity to have physical prosperity. It takes soulish prosperity for us to have physical prosperity. The three goes hand in hand. You want to be rich God's way, then you have to go through this pattern, this process, in order for you to see the manifestation. And that's why... Uh, Apostle John said, I desire above all things that you should prosper and be in health, even as your soul, your mind, your will, your emotion, as your soul prospers. And as you begin to walk in the light, he said, you have delighted in the Lord, then the Lord will grant you the desires of your heart. One of the ways to delight ourselves in the Lord, aside from uh, spending time in the word of God and meditation upon his word is in our lifestyle. Delighting in his leadership, delighting in his commands to us, delighting in his instructions to us, delighting in his word to us to do them. Because as long as we're doing that, then we're allowing the flow of that blessing to superabound. But when we're going the opposite direction where the blessing is, then we're setting ourselves up for lack for struggles, for toiling, for want. And that is not the will of God for our lives. Oftentimes we struggle when we're outside of the will of God for our lives, when we're doing things the wrong way. It doesn't matter even if we are pursuing his plan, if we're not following this part. And notice what Apostle Paul said here. He said, for if these things be in you and abound, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So you will become a fruitful vine. You will become a fruitful tree in the house of God. You will become a fruitful servant, a fruitful son in the house of God. And that's the will of God for us, that we should be as he is upon this earth, blazing with his fire, blazing, being fruitful in, in our dealings because we are super bounding in godly character. Notice how each character is intertwined with the next and the next and the next. Because in the kingdom, all things are linked as one for our profiting. Remember the scripture that says faith works by love. Many times we, we're tempted to think, well, if I have faith, that's all I need. And then we step out and refuse to walk in love, but towards God and towards those around us. We refuse to receive the love of God and we, receive, we refuse to show that love to others. And at the end of the day, we, we open the door to the enemy because where there is no love, there is no grace. And where there is no grace, there is no manifestations of the blessing. And where there is no manifestation of the blessing, the curse is permitted to creep in and to ravage. But when we 
take our stands of faith and we choose to walk in love and we receive the love God asks for us. And from the abundance of that love God asks for us, we begin to show forth love to others. Then we're sure to experience the manifestations of the blessing, which brings about great increase in our lives. And so it's very noteworthy that everyone will be tested in these areas in order to break free, not necessarily God bringing you into temptation. God never brings into temptation. Remember what uh, Apostle James said? He said, let no one say, I've been, I'm being tempted of the Lord, but everyone is drawn away by his lust. But the enemy, the devil who has come to steal, who wants to steal the word from you, who wants to steal the blessing away, who wants to steal what you have, he sees what you have, and he will try to tell you you have nothing because he wants you to judge your life based on your physical resources. But God is saying, if you can see the spiritual resource that I blessed you with, then you will be able to come up either and begin to engage with my word, being able to translate what you have spiritually into physical manifestation. And that's what kingdom prosperity is all about. It's all about you being able to receive the spiritual blessings that the Lord has blessed you with and being able to convert it by your obedience of faith to physical manifestations in your life. And I see that being your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Now let's see an example here. Um, of Joseph, who he was the son, the second to the last born of his father, born of uh, by his father's beloved wife, Rachel. And Joseph had a dream that the moon and the star bowed to him. And he told it to his uh, brothers. He told it to his his father. And his father said, do you mean we're your, your father, your mother, your brothers, we're going to bow to you? And from that time onward, they began to hate him, except his father. His father noted that saying and began to observe the son. And before that, he had already loved the boy anyways. So he noted it, but his brother hated him for it. Now, when you have a vision from the Lord, it's not, it's not um, necessarily so that your, your friends will like you for it because they might, they feel they know you and they feel they know what you're all about and they just might become hateful. Don't let that phase you. Just keep your gaze upon the Lord. Maintain a godly character. Keep believing what he has said concerning you. Keep thinking about what he has said concerning you. Ask him what he will have you do and just set it ahead. Just keep your gaze upon him. He's sure to bring it to pass. Now back to the story of Joseph. Eventually his brother sold him into slavery. And so we see over in Genesis 39, 1 to 13 and 19 to 23 and Joseph was brought down to Egypt and Potiphar an officer of Pharaoh captain of the guard an Egyptian brought him to the hands of the Ishmaelites which had brought him down thither and the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man notice the Lord was with Joseph and he was a prosperous man and he was in the house of his master the Egyptian and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand now notice it's interesting what the word prosperity is in scripture it's not just about you acquiring physical uh uh and material things through superabounding dimension. But when you put your hands to something and it brings forth good result, according to scripture, you're prosperous. 
That is God's fundamental definition of prosperity. The ability for you to set your hand to a work and that work prospers in your hand. That is prosperity because it means that the blessing is superbounding. What is prosperity? It simply means the superbounding of whatever you are or whatever you're doing. And so if you put your end to a particular work, you put your end to a particular thing and it prospers in your hand, you're said to be prosperous, whether in an endeavor, whether in a work, whether in a job, whatever it is. And that is the will of God. And so we see here, though he was in slavery, the scripture says that he was prosperous. Even his master noticed it. That this boy, anything I give him to do, it always comes for, with good results. And so Joseph found grace in his sight and he served him and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had and he put into his hand. And it came to pass from that time that he made him overseer in his house and over all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. Now, Joseph had nothing. Joseph, I want us to notice this clearly. Joseph had nothing, but he was faithful towards God. And because he was faithful towards God, God ensured that everything that he laid his hands to was prospering. It worked. Everything he was involved in worked. Why? Because he was faithful towards God. This is very key. And this is a fundamental of prosperity. Faithfulness towards God will bring about physical prosperity in your life. And so we see here, he says, and the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in his house and in his field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he knew not all that he had, save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person. Did you see that? Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored, and it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast her eyes upon Joseph, and she said, Lie with me. But he refused and said unto his master's wife, Behold, my master doesn't know what is with me in this house, and he has committed all that he, is, all that he has to my hand, there is none greater in this house than I, neither has he kept back anything from me but thee, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So we see his secret. We see his secret right here. He was a God, he was a goodly person. And to prove that he was a goodly person, he was walking in reference of God in reference of the word of God, in reference of the standards of God that he knew. Notice this was before the law, but yet by reason of his relationship with God. And this is what we are in the New Testament. Yes, we have been delivered from the bondage of the old laws and, 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 its, and its overbearing nature, but we still have the laws of the Spirit that is revealed and unveiled to us by the Spirit of God, reiterated to us through Scripture, even Apostle Paul saying it over and again, revealing and unveiling the need for us to keep in step with the truth of the Word of God. That we are over in the grace doesn't make us lawless. 
Rather, we've switched from the laws of the flesh to the laws of the spirit. And the laws of the spirit are eternal and they live and abide forever. And God's will for our lives, God's desire for our lives is for us to come up either to that place where we are abounding in the spirit so that we can abound in the blessing. As long as we are abounding in the spirit, we will be abounding in the blessing. And we cannot abound in the spirit if we do not abound in the laws of the spirit, in the commands, in the directions, in the leadership of the spirit of God. Saying to us, don't steal. Saying to us, don't kill saying to us, don't, don't extort this person. Don't steal from this person. I remember I've had this experience over and over again, where I go to buy something. And then the person at the, at the uh, cash out point gives me more, more, maybe makes a mistake in the, in the, uh, calculation of everything that I need to pay cheat him himself unknowingly maybe I'm, I'm supposed to pay uh, uh $500 and then it says I'm to pay 450 and then I just have this itch within my spirit that's the spirit of God itching you don't say oh well it's 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 grace speaking yes glory to God for grace but you ought also to be gracious to us that 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 uh innocent soul in you to be a blessing because God will pay you back a hundredfold when you do it's a seed you're sowing but when you you keep that character of cheating others, you know that they were ignorant when they did that and you keep cheating and you keep sweeping it under. Well, it's the grace, it's the grace, it's the grace. One day it will get to that point where you'll have to pay back for taking out what doesn't belong to you in the first place. Because we need to have the seed sown when it comes to, especially when it comes to finance, we need to be men and women of integrity, men and women of truth, men and women that are faithful towards God and faithful towards man. And then we'll begin to see the blessing superabounding in our lives. And so we see here, Joseph was faithful, said he was a goodly man. And this is why the favor of God was upon him. And then when the wife of Potiphar came and was hidden up on him, he said, no, I can't do that. I fear God much more than to do that. Yes, my, my master might not be at home, but it's not, that's not a point. It's not about him watching. It's about the integrity of my heart. My heart is going to judge me before God for doing such a wicked thing. This man has been good to me. This employer has been good to me. And even if it were not good to you, keep being faithful. Keep being faithful. God requires it of us to be faithful. And as long as we're doing that, he is the one who's going to bless us. He is the one who's going to bring, bring about the increase. Maybe you're a businessman. Refuse to cheat others. Refuse to take from others and not return. Refuse to take unjustly. Refuse to delay in their payments. Just be faithful and trust God to be your blessing. Trust God to manifest his increase upon your life. And you'll be shocked what you'll experience, the manifestations of the blessing. And so we see right here, he said, no, I'm not going to do that. Behold, my master doesn't know what is with me in this house. And he has committed all things that he has into my hand. There is not greater in this house than I, neither has he kept back anything from me, but you, because you are his wife. I mean, this says it all. And so how then can I do this great wickedness? And sin against God. And it came to pass as she spoke to Joseph day by day. That he hearkened not unto her. 
to lie with her. Let me help you to sleep with her. It's not about telling lies with her. This is about she wanted to get down with Joseph. And Joseph said, no, I'm not going to do this wickedness. It's wrong. Some other persons will say, well, I guess this will take me another notch higher in, in, in the society, in the social class. Since I'm in Hebrew and this is these are Egyptians, they were the best, uh, they were the well-known elites of, this, of, of those times. And so I guess I'd better parley with her. That is foolishness. And that would have simply, yes, it might have given him an edge to a certain degree, but sooner than expected, he would have fallen and for sure he would have never got into that place of great leadership. And yes, I know in the society we live in today, there is that deception that it is those who go against the laws of God that seems to be getting along, but that, that, that doesn't last if you look deeply, you realize that doesn't last because scripture makes it clear to us and the word of God will never be broken. That those, the wicked that prosper are only preserved unto the day of their final destruction. That's all that there is to that. And their works will never follow them. It will be destroyed completely. And we, if we're true to ourselves, we would have seen in so many situations, so many scenarios of people who over and again, they are doing that and how their outcome turns out to be of vanity. And so we see that, and it came to pass after those things that Joseph went into the house of, to do his business and there was none of the men in the house with him. And she caught him by the garment saying, lie with me. And he left his garment in her hands and fled and got him out. And it came to pass when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand that he, and he was fled forth, that it came to pass when his master heard the words of his wife. Now, so she lied when he, she, um, he fled and she saw that his garment was in her hands. She lied concerning, she lied against Joseph to say, he tried to force me. That was the lie she told. And it came to pass when her husband came back she told the lie and he was thrown into the dungeon. But at the end of the day, the Lord was with Joseph. Verse 21, the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. So if a righteous man is, ju is judged unjustly, the Lord will yet give him favor. This is very key. And this is why we need to ask for the grace to live godly. In our dealings, especially as business people or career people, because in that point of temptation or unjust judgment, you had better have your seeds in the ground for your deliverance, for your safety, for your rescue, because it is then you will reap the great harvest. He had sown good seeds of being just, of living in reference to God's word. Doing everything as we read in, in uh, 2 Peter 1, verse 2 to 3, adding to his diligence, faith to faith, patience to patience, virtue, and on and on. And so now he was reaping mercy, he was reaping favor, even in the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, and whatsoever the deed there, and whatsoever the deed, he was the do of it, meaning he was the ruler in the prison. 
it didn't matter that he was in the prison. Because he had lived in honor of God, God honored him even in the prison. It doesn't matter where you are. When you leave faithful to the Lord, to his word, keeping his commands in your life, according to his word, then you're sure to experience victory. And we've seen it that God is not mocked. Whatsoever man sows, that shall he also rip. If you deceive yourself, cheat in others, cut in corners, and you think God doesn't see, that's, that's the full definition of foolishness. Because his, his eye spans the entire earth from one length of it to the next. And so the keeper of the prison locked not, looked not to anything that was under his hand because the Lord was with him and that which he did, the Lord made to prosper. The Lord made to prosper. The Lord made to prosper. So the emblem of faithfulness, the emblem of reference to God and to his word is prosperity. See, you're a faithful man today then you have seen for yourself a prosperous man tomorrow. And I see that being your testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Stay faithful to God. Stay faithful to his word. Take to heart everything he says to do and not to do. And begin to get your life on that path of godliness. Tomorrow we will be saying what God hates about usury and extortion and why it brings a man down and why it causes poverty to creep in unnoticed. And so I commend you to God and to his grace that enables, that strengthens, that perfects to keep you from falling and to bring you to that superabounding realm of prosperity in the name of Jesus Christ. And so maybe you've been listening to me and you're yet to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. This is a golden opportunity presented to you by the Father. All you need to do right now is to raise your right hands to heaven and say the prayer of salvation with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before you today. I repent of my sins and I repent of the past and every evil it stands for. Take my life, Lord Jesus Christ, and do something beautiful with it. I return to you, Lord, and I make you my Lord. I make you my God. I believe Jesus Christ, you came to this world. And on the third day, you rose again. So that I might be justified, so that I might be saved, so that I might be forgiven. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for saving me. Thank you for setting me free from sickness, from sin, from death, from sickness, from the curse, from poverty, from lack, from want. I give you the glory and I give you the praise. Thank you for being the Lord of my life. Thank you for justifying me by your blood. Thank you for redeeming me by your blood. I receive my sanctification, my justification, my purification, my redemption by the blood of Jesus Christ. I give you the glory and I give you the praise in Jesus Christ's mighty name. Amen. Congratulations. You've said that prayer with me. Heaven is full of joy. Why? Because you've just stepped out of darkness into God's marvelous light. And so have a wonderful and a beautiful day ahead of you today. Remain ever blessed. Why? Because Jesus Christ is Lord. And remember, you can link up with us on Instagram at Glow Broadcasting, on Twitter at Broadcast Glow, also on Facebook, Glow Broadcasting page. Have a wonderful and a glorious day today.
Jesus Christ is Lord. Bye for now. Peace.